Basel Chronicles are brought to you by Real Good Ventures, a talent optimization firm helping organizations diagnose their most critical people and execution issues with world-class analytics. Make sure to check out all the resources in the show notes and be sure to follow us and share your feedback. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to the Boss Hole Chronicles. This is your co-host, John Brower. And Happy New Year. Oh, my gosh. I think this is the first one that we are doing in the new year. And what an amazing first year and a few months we've had on the podcast. We exceeded 4,500 downloads. Thank you so much to all of our listeners out there in the Boss Hole Transformation Nation. And as always, joined by my amazing partner and friend, incredible colleague, Sarah Best. Sarah, Happy New Year. Hey, John. Happy, happy new year to you as well. It has been a fantastic year of the Boss Hole Chronicles and so much more. Such wonderful clients, such great work, and a true partnership with you. It's been a blast. I'm looking forward to what 2022 will bring us. Absolutely. We've had so much fun. I mean, seriously, it has been an absolute delight doing this work with you. And we started out, you know, Real Good Ventures. It's been so much fun. And I have to tell you, we are the beneficiaries of the sort of mission we have with at Real Good Ventures. I mean, our mission is to help people find meaning and fulfillment in their work. And, and, and I have that, and I hope you have that too. And mm-hmm. at this point in our career, what a blessing that is, you know? Absolutely. To be able to practice what we preach or, you know, use internally the principles that we try to assist our, our clients in instilling in their organizations, it does make a, a huge difference. And I would just like to say we've doubled in size. So that that's amazing. Yeah. As a team, you know, uh, we've grown and grown personally and professionally. And it's not lost on me, John, that we continue to be in a, in a very uncertain climate um, for so many reasons, you know, socially, politically, right. medically, all of that stuff. Yet, um, you know, people still need tools and they still need support and they still have opportunities to find that fulfillment and transform every day. So um, lucky us that we get to continue to work in this space. Absolutely. And the one thing that I wanted to do before we kick off today's topic, because today's topic, I think, is something that all managers, all supervisors, and clearly boss holes need to hear. Uh, The thing I wanted to say is just, we'd like to extend a huge thank you again to our listeners, to our clients and our friends out there who have trusted us with our working relationships. Uh, We take that very seriously and we always are looking to deliver to you the very best of what we can offer. So many, many thanks to you. So on to our topic. You know, when I get the chance to work with Sarah and we work with a lot of leadership groups and teams and individuals, and I've heard Sarah say every now and then and refer to an individual who is big on the outside, but small on the inside. And I just think there is a wonderful opportunity for discussion around that. And I've asked Sarah to really take us on that pathway to help us understand what that means. So Sarah, just share with our listeners a bit more about what that represents and how we can jump into this topic. I'm not sure exactly when it first kind of came clear in my mind that you know, I encountered people and quite often actually who seemed and, and behaved big on the outside, Mm -hmm. but it was so obvious that they were small on the inside. 
and really what, what we mean by that is big on the outside, like strong personality, bossy, directive, uh, authoritarian, perhaps not, you know, abrasive, maybe big and not so good of a way, Mm -hmm. big in a way that diminishes other people. And, and I noticed a trend, you know, that people who operated that way, super, you know, rough and abrasive and big on the outside oftentimes appeared very small on the inside. Like what, what you could notice about individuals like that was uh, a vulnerability they were unaware of mm-hmm. or an issue, um, something that had yet to be identified that unfortunately kind of like the emperor with no clothes was evident to, to us and everybody else, but not to them. And this has certainly been a theme in my encounters in my professional career, not just with leaders, uh, former bosses, et cetera, but just even the people that we encounter and work with. And it's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Like, wow, you know, it's, this is a person who's really, really difficult to deal with. And I think one of the biggest ahas I've had, John, since uh, let's call it May of 2020, and, and I don't know whoever said this to me or where I learned this, but it's kind of like an axiom that, you know, whatever disturbs you most about other people is often something you're not looking at in yourself. Oh, so interesting. I've, okay. That makes sense. Oh yeah. It makes total sense. I became aware that this, this being, you know, being big on the outside and small on the in, inside was a trigger issue for me because that's exactly how I am. And certainly have worked, you know, throughout my career and, you know, pretty diligently in the last couple of years to, to balance that and to become more of the right size. Mm -hmm. So this topic is really about, you know, about being the right size and how it's very common and it's very understandable that people may feel defensive and um, aggressive or behave aggressively on the outside because there's just not a healthy sense of themselves on the inside. They don't have enough self-love, self-awareness, self-appreciation, or a comfortability with their own strengths and weaknesses. Well, in the world of emotional intelligence, there's a skill called self-regard. It's a capacity, a um, competency. Mm -hmm. And it's, I like to say, it's how comfortable you are in your own bag of skin. Mm. Like, you know, do I obsess about what I don't do well, or what I wish I could do better, or what I, I say I'm going to do better and I don't. Do I obsess and, and focus my energy to those things, or do I settle more on, wow, there are some things that I do very well. These are competencies and you know natural abilities for me and their strengths. And yeah, I am totally not perfect. There, there are definitely some things that I you know do to create blunders for myself and other people. Um, case in point as a low formality person, you know, I often overlook details. I, they just kind of sometimes fly right out of my brain. I'm supposed to email this person back, or Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to call you. The, the bigger picture issue is that if there isn't a healthy sense of self, if you cannot find or haven't yet developed a comfortability in your own bag of skin, Mm -hmm. you may in fact be too big on the outside, defensive, you know, ouchy, prickly, um, unaware. Mean. Mean. I mean, yeah. Well, we just had a, we just, uh, sorry to interrupt, but we just had a, we've had a couple of instances where we're working with an organization. We have somebody that we're coaching or counseling and they have described 
really an attack by a manager mm-hmm. or what we would say a boss hole. And I mean, yeah. out of nowhere, and it was, it was mean and it was, it totally took them by surprise and they had no idea where this was coming from. I mean, realizing that everybody gets frustrated, frustrated at work, but this was, there was a vitriol. I mean, there was a, there was a nastiness associated with this. And so what you're saying is, I mean, we don't specifically know what may be behind it, but it certainly seems like it's a manifestation of something that, that they're missing or for something for which they are overcompensating. I think you're on the right track, John. I really do. We always talk about the head, the heart, and the briefcase. Mm-hmm. You know, when we think about the whole person, the whole leader, the whole employee, the whole person, I really think being the right size is more of a heart issue. I think there are a lot of reasons why people do not have a healthy sense of themselves. The mm-hmm. most common and, and certainly the one we encounter most often is, you know, a mindset that says I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that mindset was gifted or instilled upon them by adults in their life when they were younger, a yeah. parent, you know, most often. And there's, you know, there's a drive behind that. There's a drive to prove that I am enough. I, I got to tell you too, when you talk about that explosive mean, you know, kind of behavior, mm-hmm. I admitted already that, that I, I've been there, I've been that person. And it was interesting to, once I understood in this particular case, what my issue was, wow, to be able to go back through some difficult encounters I've had with people and to own the fact that the reason I over-responded in an angry, defensive, um, kind of fight or flight sort of way is because there was such a vulnerability and a smallness on the inside about that. And Mm. to be honest, you know, I, I needed to seek some therapy and to go down in there and figure out what was behind, you know, that particular smallness. And uh, I, I, I got there, I could figure it out with the help of a trusted professional and just kind of work my way through what ended up being a pretty overwhelming hurt, mm. a big hurt. And we need to talk about this because in the workplace, you know, it's, we bring our whole person, we bring our whole self. We're not a box of skills. And we flip on the switch when we walk in the door of the office or flip right. on our zoom call but we bring the whole person. And I think it's a, a theme worth exploring for the, the leaders and the, the emerging leaders that happen to be um, listeners of the podcast. You know, at what times are, do you feel like you're the right size where, you know, you get some constructive feedback and you're able to receive it without obsessing about it or falling apart or making the other person wrong. That to me is more of a balance. Like, hey, yeah, there are things I do really well things I don't do so well. But to get there, I think we have to dig in a little bit sometimes and diagnose where was that hurt? Right. Uh, does that make and, sense? Well, and we are, oh yeah, it absolutely. It's like what what is the what is the source or the origin of this cuz cuz I don't I don't feel like what I am doing or how I'm reacting to this person or these people is consistent with really who I am. I I've got to search that out. And I think you're right that seeking out whether it's with, you know, through therapy, conversation with trusted family members or friends or somebody. A coach. Or yeah. a coach. Yeah. I mean, to help you really sort through this and understand what is what is at the core of this? Because this isn't helping your relationship with these people. The the thing that you said, Sarah, that really resonates with me, and we both experienced this, but the leaders that 
endeavor to make other people feel wrong Mm -hmm. or less than. And I mean, this, this is a classic boss hole move. I mean, it is a classic boss hole move where why would you diminish or demean somebody? What is the possible outcome of that other than that person being crushed? Do you feel that in some way you are building them up by actually just ripping them apart? And I mean, we have toxic work environments where this sort of stuff happens. And I realize people lose their patience. They lose their temper. Uh, I, I can have a short temper. I can say things very easily that I don't mean, and I have to, I, I need to apologize for them, but I've really tried to control that. But there's a, that smallness or that emptiness just seems to result in this consistent, not oppression, but it's, it's almost like this pressure that I'm not going to let you see that I don't really know what I'm doing or that I'm hurt inside mm-hmm. it, th- this, this lack of vulnerability. And they just continue to build up this wall. And all it does is it crushes relationships. It, it just does not, it does not help build people up. Oh, that's, that's hundred percent. Right, John. This also makes me think of, and we're going to have an episode on this, on the imposter syndrome. And we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. In what way is this related to the imposter syndrome? This, this is different than the imposter syndrome, I think. I, I think there's some, they seem like they're related, but yeah. can you draw a parallel between the two? I mean, maybe they're close cousins. Uh, okay. I do think there's a connection. Oh, with imposter syndrome, however, what I understand about it is, you know, it's kind of a persistent and pervasive sense of God, when will they figure out I'm not supposed to be here? Like it's it's a lack of comfortability and confidence in your own position in your own, you know, standing in the shoes you're in or sitting in the seat you sit in. Sure. Um, it's a self-doubt. It's definitely a self-doubt. Um, but, but it is, let's just call it in the same neighborhood of being small on the inside it's underappreciating and undervaluing what are your natural strengths and competencies mm. and and even just not having access to a sense of gosh you know i could i could do this you know whatever the challenges are that we encounter and experience when a person is the right size they generally have an optimism in their abilities like a, a confidence and a trust in their own abilities okay that I, makes sense. I can figure out how to do this and so somewhere in there, uh, these two do maybe, um, they don't manifest necessarily in the same way, right. or at least I can speak from a woman's perspective. Many of the women that I get to talk to would say imposter syndrome is kind of a silent suffering. It's something they're always fretting and worrying about, um, especially black and brown women who often voice, you know, feeling and being not seen, mm-hmm. you know, sitting in a meeting, sharing an idea having that idea dismissed, but having that idea emerge a week later, uh, you know, spoken by someone else and it's the best idea in the world. Mm. So, you know, I think there's, there's, there's a reality about that. It's important at least to talk about that from a woman's perspective though. Um, we tend to under represent our abilities, under trust ourselves, undervalue ourselves much more naturally than men do. I think. And the, and the research supports that, you yeah. know, how often women apply for certain jobs based on their qualifications versus men, mm-hmm. things like that. 
but the imposter syndrome, that'll be a good and timely subject. It's being talked about quite a bit now. I think about when I got promoted into management and I use this, I've used this before on the podcast, just, I I didn't know what I didn't know. And so I was an individual contributor, had a successful individual contributor career or career path, got put into management, knew nothing about growing and developing people. I really had a passion for it, but I didn't know the mechanics or the approach. Mm -hmm. And so I felt, I felt like, Oh my gosh, what am I doing here? What what's going to happen when they figure out I have no skills to make this happen? And I went out and got those skills. And so I lived in the boss hole zone for a little while. So that makes perfect sense because mm-hmm. it's one thing to be able to develop the competencies to feel a little bit less like an imposter or deliver on these capabilities versus a a more deeply seated void or emptiness that I try to overcompensate for by coming out and being so big and not being the right size. Yeah, that you're right. That They're probably in the same neighborhood, but very, very different things. I find it interesting to think from, from sort of the opposite side of the, pers- of the spectrum, is it possible to be small on the outside and big on the inside? Ooh. And, and what I mean by that is, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is that I think there are people out there that have tremendous capacity and amazing gifting, and we never necessarily get to see it. And I don't know if it's sort of the world pressing in that we don't get to see how how amazing or what what the level or the scope of their contributions could be, because it just doesn't manifest itself in that way. I don't even know if that makes sense. It does. But you know, what I think about John is that to me is a person who is small on the outside and small on the inside. Oh, okay. In some cases, maybe they've lost access to their voice. They're not even angry, aggressive, you know, uh, defensive on the outside. They just, they just don't engage in Mm. some ways, or they don't offer up. It's safer. It's easier. And it's safer not to offer up your gifts and talents because either you don't think enough about them yourself, or there's too much fear and lack of psychological safety that they would be valued and held held dear by others. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. It makes total sense. So, so for our listeners, when it comes to our managers and potential boss holes out there, and for anybody, how, how do you get to the right size? Well, mm-hmm. I can speak from my own experience, you know, having, uh, as you indicated earlier, John, having a sounding board, having guidance, a mentor, a coach, a therapist. Uh, I am a big believer in therapy and um, through the years have engaged in it uh, as a former therapist. um, I, I do believe in it and I've engaged in it at very significant and important times. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll often say, or I'll be the first one to admit that sometimes I didn't know I needed that. So I think there's a little bit of a journey we need to take a Mm -hmm. lot of um, a lot of the clients that we've worked with in the last couple of years have really benefited from the work of Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me personally, I engage with Diana Patton, who's a local, a bit of a local celebrity and a, a real committed and uh, talented professional in the space of empowering women. Mm-hmm. And she had a mastermind group called pivot and rise. And I engaged in that for probably about four months, but you know, there, there was, it was a combination of introspection uh, dialogue and reflection and creating some new patterns. And I think that's an individual journey for every person, but just even recognizing that there could be a challenge, you know, this being too big on the outside and too small on the inside. 
right. or too small on the outside and too small on the inside. That would be a, a, a really magnificent first step is to just reflect on that, um, introspect on that, or inquire with the people who are close to you and then figure out, okay, well, who, who are the right people or resources uh, to kind of guide me to a, more of a balance? Because that's really what we're talking about. I, right, right. You and I say this all the time, John, we don't expect or want people to change who they are. We want people to learn how to adapt mm-hmm. so that they find fulfillment and joy and that they're successful in empowering the people around them. Mm-hmm. So I think the common theme here, Sarah, is it's you can't do this by yourself. Right. No amount of self-talk or introspection is really going to help you come through this. So if you start to think about the workplace, what are some of the telltale signs that a person is big on the outside and small on the inside? I would I would venture to say if you've got people that are disengaged, if you're having difficulty retaining talent, if performance is poor, how would somebody know that maybe they need some help? Well, I, John, you and I firsthand have encountered this in a variety mm-hmm. of settings. Um, maybe the first uh, real telltale sign would be, hey, you know, do I have consistent, successful transactions with the people I work closest with? Mm-hmm. You know, if if we have a, a scuffle, if we have a disagreement, you know, does it get blown out of proportion? Do I make it bigger than it needs to be? Do I... Um, cause always, do challenge. I always have to win? Right. Mm-hmm. Do I cause challenge for others? Do I take my toys and go play in my own sandbox? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. And you and I worked on a project a few years ago and there was a CEO. And I would say, based on this conversation, just thinking back, he clearly was very big on the outside and small on the inside. And he sort of cycled through and churned through his executive team and would not acknowledge, even when his executive team, through our work together to try to cre- create transparency and trust and psychological safety, he dismissed their input and he eventually got rid of all of them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, so I guess just sometimes you're not going to reach people or they're not, they're not reachable or willing to, to acknowledge that. No, it's sad, but true. And um, that's where I think about the common denominator factor. You know, I had to really look at that within myself. If, if these are the experiences I'm having in all these different places with all these different people, Mm -hmm. what's the common denominator? Oh crap. It's me. It's me. Right. (laughs) It's me. And I think that's the other thing. So as, as listeners might evaluate, you know, how, how am I doing with my team or with the people I'm responsible to, to lead and optimize? How is that going? How successful am I in those transactions? And you find out that there's more than one or two or three relationships where there's challenge, then definitely it's worth some conversation, maybe getting some 360 feedback mm-hmm. uh, and then letting a trusted professional kind of walk you through that. Yep. Yep. I think that's great. Find I think that, that, that is great. Well, Sarah, this is, again, I've been excited about chatting with you about this and sharing it with our listeners because it is so relevant. And it's not that it wasn't relevant before. I think we've seen clearly its relevance has magnified or become magnified because people are needing effective, caring, empathetic, healthy, healthy 
yes, leaders and hu- and um, humble leaders of integrity. You can't get there if you're really struggling with that smallness on the inside. So this has been great. I really thank you for that. Well, it's a, it's an important topic, one that I certainly will keep top of mind for myself, you know, to continue to strive to be impactful for our clients, et cetera. We got to be the right size. And that's, you know, that's a daily decision. It's a daily set of behaviors and choices and activities, and uh, it's available to all of us. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. All right. Hey, listen, everybody. Thanks for listening in and uh, keep checking us out on the Boss Hole Chronicles. See you next time. We'd like to thank our guests today on the Boss Hole Chronicles. And if you have a Boss Hole Chronicles story of your own, please email us at mystory at thebossholechronicles.com. Once again, mystory at thebossholechronicles.com. We'll see you again soon.